Did you guys ever hear the story about Sparkster playing tug of war with the pigs? No, tell me no. about this. They called it pulled pork. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems, episode 45. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Hey, it's Aaron. How's it going, guys? Hey, it's Landon. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Aaron and Landon. Uh, we, You know what happened to Rob? Did I tell you what I did to Rob? No. So Rob said, you know, I'm not prepared for this show. So I sent him down to the dungeon for at least a week with Nick. I know Nick's happy to have some company, but I don't, I don't know how Rob's feeling about that. <laughs> Are there any facilities down there, like uh, a place to take a shower and <laughs> you said shower. do your business? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's, a, there's a hole in the floor. I did dig one of those up. Right. <laughs> bucket, of, <laughs> bucket of water every now and then. <laughs> Rob's going to try to join us next time. We'll, we'll give you all a sneak peek of our next game. I already pre-warned him about that one. But, uh, yeah, so uh, how have you guys been? I know, Landon, you just got back from Disney. I just got back from Vegas, you know. So yeah. Traveling the world here. Yeah, had a good time. Got to got to meet the star of Quack Shot, Donald Duck, over at Disney. Ooh. That was pretty cool. All right. <laughs> did you get to meet Mickey Mouse? I did. Mickey Mouse. That was pretty cool too. Uh-huh. Mickey. <laughs> I was waiting for Mickey. that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Mickey was pretty cool. He uh, he he liked hanging out with my daughter more than me, so I was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, Disney World. I haven't been, but that's on the bucket list. Yeah, I, it's, I would like to go to Disney World or Disneyland, but I hear Disney World's a lot better. Isn't Disneyland the original, though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this one out in California. Man, I had a I had a blast from the past today. My son went to a uh, roller rink birthday party. They, recent, mm-hmm. they recently reopened this roller uh, rink that I went to as a kid, and they haven't changed hardly a thing, so it's all old and kind of shoddy looking, <laughs> but it was like, man, the memories here. <laughs> so, do they have uh, any old arcade games there, or anything like that? No, they had a they had a couple like ski ball machines, and they had I think Guitar Hero and uh, some Cabela's Big Hunting game or something. Ah. But yeah, I was kind of hoping <laughs> garbage. Have, I know I was kind of hoping they'd have something like that, but uh, no, nah, it was fun though, kind of reliving the old days. I think they even had the same old skates when I was a kid. They're all <laughs> like, like nasty old stained leather and orange. Oh orange yeah. <laughs> I remember taking, uh, it was back when I just had two kids. I remember taking them to the roller rink. And uh, the the hardest thing was not, because I'm, I'm used to picking up my kids. The hardest thing was not picking them up and, and trying to skate around. <laughs> it's just not a good idea. Just don't do it. Well, my, my oldest son is in a cast. He recently broke his uh, right arm. And he fell and landed on his left arm. I'm like, my goodness, this kid's going to have two casts before we're out of this place. But yeah, he did all right. <laughs> now, see, I, I rollerbladed. I didn't roller skate, so they didn't have rollerblades oh. that, that were my size. So I kind of stayed off the uh, rink. <laughs> <laughs> he had big uh, floppy feet? Floppy feet, yeah. Big big 12, <laughs> size 12. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I'm like nine and a half or ten. <laughs> I, bet Landon, I bet Landon's up there, close to 12. Uh, 
I'm 13. I figured. 13 and I, I can wear a 14 in some shoes. Like, there's some Nikes I can wear a 14 in. Yeah, I always considered myself tall until I met Landon. I was like, oh, <laughs> that guy's tall. I know. Yeah, and I, and I always thought I was tall, and then I met all you guys, and I was just like, man, now I know how Rob feels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, oh, guys. Bob. Well, uh, we'll jump right into this thing. If, <laughs> if you guys would like to connect with us, you can check us out at our website at www.genesisgymspodcast.com. Uh, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash genesisgymspodcast. Uh, join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group's where most of the interaction happens, so we would love for you all to go join that. We're almost at 200 likes or members, so I was going to do a little something here. If you're listening to this and you aren't on that page and you are the... 200th member i will give you a prize so just uh we're just going to bribe you that way anyways our facebook group is at (laughs) yeah shack food (laughs) our facebook group is at facebook.com slash group slash genesis gems um you can send us an email at genesis gems podcast at gmail.com follow us on twitter at gen gems check us out on itunes we're on stitcher and google play and we are part of the retro junkies network at the retro junkies.com fun stuff man all right, so <laughs> I didn't have any listener business this time around. I didn't check for any new reviews on iTunes. My bad. I probably should have done that, but uh, didn't get any new emails. We usually get an email here and there, but uh, I really like the emails, listeners. If you all want to kind of give us more information or a longer review, or maybe you listened to an uh, episode from a year ago and you want to talk about that, send us an email. We'd really like those. But uh, anyways, I think we should just get right into Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. So, Sega, um, you guys been up to anything <laughs> Sega lately? Sure. Um, man, so, well, I didn't get to go to Disney World or go to Las Vegas or anything <laughs> like that. But I did go to Peter Piper Pizza uh, with my kids just yesterday. Good. Just as good. <laughs> and, you know, most of the games are Ticket Redemption or they're like arcade versions of... Uh, mobile games now, which is kind of weird. What they did have was uh, they did have a Super Monkey Ball game, which I think is another Ticket Redemption game. But it's actually pretty fun. Uh, So I I enjoyed that. But uh, other Sega stuff, over on Retro Obscura, the last episode, which was just released, which is episode 59, we talked about ROM hacks. And Sega Genesis uh, doesn't have quite as many ROM hacks, I'd say, as the NES. Uh, but Sega's policy lately has been, you know, we've got all these games on Steam or wherever. They really don't mind if you hack their games now. <laughs> uh, and so there's been a whole community, actually, of Sonic hackers and people who hawk, uh, hack the, the Sonic the Hedgehog games. And one game that I checked out is called Sonic 2 Retro Remix, and I definitely think you guys should check it out. Uh, What makes it very unique, I would say, is that when you play the game, it's almost like when you first played uh, Super Mario 64, if you ever played that game, where you get into it, you kind of realize it's not quite as linear as the the other titles. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of more mission-based. And so in Sonic 2 Retro Remix, you get to, like, a little hub area, and then you jump into one of the rings, and it takes you to, like, the first area. And suddenly you've got, like, a list of objectives you can do. And so, 
you know, you can collect the emerald in the stage, or you can try and beat the level as fast as possible, and you get uh, a certain amount of emeralds, you know, per each thing that you do. And it's really interesting because you can kind of do the levels out of order, and it's just got some really interesting gameplay that wasn't present. You know, it's it's kind of Sonic 2, but kind of built from the ground up. Uh, and besides that, we also talked a little bit about uh, something called Big's Fishing Derby, <laughs> which is Big the Cat from Sonic Adventure in his own game. Uh, but if you ever played Fishing Derby on the Atari 2600, the gameplay is pretty similar for two people on opposing sides. It's Big the Cat versus Dr. Robotnik or Eggman. And, you know, you're both trying to collect uh, the Chaos Emerald at the bottom of the screen, but then there's, like, robot fish that kind of come across the screen that you have to dodge and you can get power-ups and stuff. And it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty neat. Um, and then there was one more called uh, Sonic the Next Level, which I think I posted in Genesis Gems. I posted about it. But it's just this amazing... It's basically one stage with three levels in it, but it looks like almost Sega CD quality, uh, but done on the Genesis. So that's pretty much it for me, Sega-wise. But, uh, you know, if you want to check out the latest Retro Obscura, we've definitely got plenty of Sega talk on there this uh, last episode. Yeah, you got yourself a new host too, right? That's right, Mr. Daniel, Daniel Tolan, uh, who's actually pretty active in our Genesis Gems group also. And uh, Spoiler, he asked me another question, I think, uh, on Ask Aaron, which he <laughs> usually does. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely glad to have him. He's, he's, uh, he's an awesome guy, awesome guy. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, and he's, he's part of the, the Retro Junkies family now, so we're kind of, I guess we're happy to have him, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a hoser, but that's okay. That's perfect uh, criteria to fit in, right? That's right. <laughs> it's the only requirement. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you, Landon? Um, I've been on a Sega beat 'em up binge yeah. here lately. Besides the game we're doing, been doing some uh, Streets of Rage one and Golden Axe one and two, and yeah. I forgot how much fun those games were. Especially Golden Axe one. I love that game. Who do, who do you pick? I, I usually play as the dwarf, but I tried doing the uh, the Amazon and then the barbarian, and I, I just couldn't get used to him. I have to go back to the I'm dwarf. I'm all about that dwarf. Yeah, yeah. It, there's always a fight over the dwarf. I can't wait to cover that game one day. Which, I did make a promise. When we do cover that game, uh, Mr. Willie Culver's going to have to come on the show, because he loves that game. He's apparently a master at it, too. Yeah, yeah. Which version of that game is two-player? Because there's, like, a few different versions. I think, like, on the six-pack version, it's two-player. Yeah, I have the six-pack version. So, mm-hmm. But, like, the earlier version, I think the Sega CD version, is only one player. Is that right? I don't know. That's hmm. I really don't. Hmm. I think there's like different versions. I, I kinda recall that for some reason where it was just like you you'd only be able to play one player. Yeah, I've, kinda I've, like a double dragon on the NES. Oh, okay. I've been looking for a uh, copy of just Golden X. I kinda wanna get rid of my six pack. I'm <laughs> I wish wish I had a real six pack in life, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you got a one pack? I got a keg. <laughs> keg. There you go. <laughs> but I'd like to actually find a, a complete in box copy of that. That'd be awesome. What would be cool is uh I think people made reproductions of Golden Axe three that you can get because the only way we played it here in North America was through the Sega channel. Yeah. But I think it was released in Europe or at least in Japan. It's sadly not as good as Golden Axe 2, but it's still worth checking out. 
Yeah, I know it's on the Sonic uh, collection for the PS3 and the Xbox 360 because that was the first time I'd ever played the the third one. Yeah, was on that. Now I thought it was. I'm kind of like you. I thought it was okay, but it wasn't as good as the second second or what, the first one. What really really gets to me is that Sega made an arcade only sequel. Uh, what was it like? I can't. Golden Axe: The Revenge of Death Adder. Yeah, and that game is amazing, but they never made a home version of that game, which is kind of weird. Some, I've seen some YouTube video of that. Like I saw somebody was just doing a display of like the different magics, and like you know, he chose the the girl, and she did the dragon magic, and it zoomed in on one of the enemies, and like his face was just melting oh. while the spell was going on. Like, yeah, it was it was kind of like Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the dude's face melts. It just kind of looked like that, but it was really cool. <laughs> well, it's like I I owned a Sega Saturn, and they had one Golden Axe game on Sega Saturn, but it definitely wasn't that game. No, gotcha. It was a fighting game, which was it was just wasn't that great. Nah, no. And then they remake, uh, wasn't there a Golden Axe game on PS3? Am I thinking? Yes. And it uh, I, I, I remember not liking it, whatever it was called. Beast, Beast something, Beast Rider or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> and then there was a, like, a, there were a few PS2 games that were remakes uh, of, like, the Fantasy Star games, and then, like, I think Outrun. Uh, and then there was one for Golden Axe also, I think. But it, they kind of that one wasn't quite so good because it was kind of that whole thing where it's like, oh, we're gonna make it look 3D but 2D. Uh, mm. Oh wow, I have some thunder going on. I hope uh, hope things are okay. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> Thunderstruck. That's how people get sucked into video games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's that. Oh, there's no CRT around. Jeez. <laughs> Oh man, so, landed anything else, man? Uh, other other than that, that's been about it. Just uh, looking up stuff on Golden Axe and the history on that, which is pretty cool. And Streets of Rage One, which is you know another one that I've looked a little bit more into the history on, and it's a it's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool series. I'm I'm starting to slowly come around and prefer it to Final Fight. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I would I would agree with you. Uh, which which is funny. Final Fight I think is a better game than Streets of Rage One. But Streets of Rage 2 beats oh. any of the Final Fight games, ha- hands down. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. And, like, M- Mike Hagar is, like, one of my favorite video game characters of all time. I just kind of wish they would, like, bring him over to Streets of Rage and just call, call it a day. <laughs> Love that guy. Come on. I mean, Sega made, you know, it, they were the ones who reprogrammed the Capcom games, well, most of the Capcom games that made it to the Sega Genesis anyway. So, yeah. come on. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so yeah, um, one of the things I did when I was in Las Vegas, I uh, I tried to get a hold of Raul McCallum because I knew he lived there, and I I, I didn't want to, you know, this was my my wife and I's tenth tenth anniversary, and I didn't want to kind of make plans <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with some random guy when um, you know when we were supposed to be in celebrating that. But so for a couple hours one day, she went on a uh, like a two hour spa, like where she got like uh, massages and all that crap. So I, I got a hold of Rob. <laughs> I got a hold of Rob, and I was like, "Hey, I can burn two hours. You want to go have lunch or something?" And uh, he, unfortunately, he was busy, but he did uh, recommend me to go to Retro City Games, which is a place where he's done some commercials for. I think those guy, the owners of that place, are actually going to be one of his films. And I got to meet them. He kind of told them I was on my way, and I picked up some Sega games while I was there. 
Um, but real cool place if you're in Las Vegas. It's a it's a real friendly place. I can't quite remember the owners' names, but real good people. They got some arcade cabinets in there. A lot of good games. But uh, I just kind of picked up some random things I didn't have for the Genesis. Uh, first thing I got, I was excited about. I got an NBA Jam TE uh, complete in box. I, I had the first NBA Jam. I didn't have this one, so that was a that was a big pickup. Um, then I got Tecmo Super Bowl, which I posted on a Genesis Gems I was playing it the other day, which love that game. And then everything else, everything else was just kind of nah games. I got a Tony Larusa baseball, which I, I just like collecting baseball games. I I don't like that one. I found out again that I don't <laughs> like it. Um, Cal Ripken baseball, Cal, Cal Ripken Junior baseball. That that's not too bad. Uh, Garfield caught in the act. Um, got that Tasmania and something with the Marvin the Martian on it. Um, I, I picked up this game and I've never played it. I just kind of picked it up because it was an EA game. But it's a Power Monger. Have you guys played that one? Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Okay. Uh, it kind of. It's got the same interface as uh, Populous, I want to say. Yeah, kind of, kind of like a strategy type thing. It's, it's not too bad. And then, um, and just because I was in Vegas and I have really fond memories of this game when I was a kid, I, I picked up Caesar's Palace. <laughs> I figured, <laughs> gotta have a casino game being in Las Vegas, which uh, I, I, I really like that game. A lot of people aren't big on the casino games, but uh, I enjoyed that one. So, but uh, that was kind of a hodgepodge pickup. So I've been playing a lot of Tecmo Super Bowl, NBA Jam, TE with my kids. They like that one. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played the kart racing game. I think it's Sega and Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. Have you all played that Oh, one? yeah. I've, I had it on my Vita. Exactly. Uh, and then yeah. I've got it on my PC, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty It's good. got a lot of Easter eggs and characters from old Sega games that have never been in anything or I, I guess what I should say is they haven't been in anything recent of their own. So it's cool having cameos and stuff like uh, the guy from uh, Shenmue. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Yo, has a- Alex Kidd, stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I had it on my PlayStation 3 and I didn't play it much, but I picked it up on Vita for like 10 bucks. And uh, man, that game is awesome. Um, I usually use Beat from uh, Jet Set Radio. <laughs> <laughs> he draws like a four wheeler, but um, yeah, great game. I, I'd recommend that to anybody who has, especially on for some reason, it's just so good on Vita. I think cart games on a handheld just, I don't know, they just work well. But uh, got that, played a lot. So, but other than that, I've just been kind of, I, I, I kind of go through a, a rotation of my Genesis games. I'm always playing like Hyperstone Heist and Streets of Rage Two, games like that Comic Zone. I'm always popping those games in and out, but. Uh, yeah, I haven't really been digging into anything much other than a uh, Rocket Knight here. So. Yeah, it's been about the same for me, except uh, I did get to play some uh, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine yeah. multiplayer oh. with uh, Dan, and that guy is pretty good. I've gotten better <laughs> though. I'm starting to give him a run for his money, so I'm starting to catch up. I'm really, uh, but that, I'm, that's a love that game. I'm really bad at that game. Like if I do anything good, it's like just by luck. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I just did that. <laughs> That's cool, though. All right, guys. Well, I think we can move right on to the next one. I think this is one of everyone's favorite segments. Uh, I always kind of wondered about <laughs> this, but we get just as much feedback on this as we do as the question, is it a gem? But this is called Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. And he will answer them if he wants So you got lots of questions, right, Aaron? Yeah, man, I I love it uh, when people respond to the post you make. I I just think it's great that people actually want to interact with us, and uh, <laughs> you know I can I can answer questions, uh, and you know sometimes they're silly and sometimes they're serious, but uh, you know I just 
I take the good, I take the bad. It's the facts of life, right? So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick went ahead and posted up that question, and let's see what we got. So Dan, Dan Tolan said, "How many rocks could a Chuck Rock chuck if a Chuck Rock could chuck rocks?" <laughs> you know, Dan. Uh, thirty. I'll say thirty because that's how old I am. <laughs> so Cameron, another friend of mine, uh, Worme, he said, "This is for the Rocket Night episode, yeah." And since that is a question, the answer is yes, because <laughs> we're recording it. Any more brain busters? <laughs> oh, I know. Whew. Nick DeMarco asks. I put in a maintenance request for the microwave cart down here in my cell weeks ago. As you guys recall, Nick is uh, kind of permanently, semi-permanently in the Genesis Gems dungeon. I, I don't remember what he did to earn him a spot down there, but uh, he's, he's down there. Uh, <laughs> when are you going to fix it? Oh, and don't ask me why there's a microwave cart down here without a microwave. I didn't build this dungeon. I'm just stuck here using it to stack the papers that will be my manifesto. <laughs> you know, Nick, uh, I, I'm not sure. I will go ahead and uh, defer to Nick Stevens on that. Yeah, it, it got lost in the shuffle somewhere. We'll have to reprioritize all the work orders. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get it done. Sorry about that. Um. Another buddy of mine here, Steven uh, Patterson, or he goes by Stig. He makes a lot of awesome music. Uh, if there was a third Toe Jam and Earl game on the Mega Drive, what genre would it have been? And seeing how the third actual Toe Jam and Earl game that started out on the Dreamcast and got released on the Xbox was kind of a return to form to the original Toe Jam game, um, I would think that it would be a top-down game and maybe add some uh, maybe some side-scroller elements to it, or maybe like a side-scroller bonus stage. I don't know. Uh, I think it was kind of interesting. Like The way I understand it was Toe Jam and Earl 2 was originally going to be like the first one and be top-down, randomized, and whatnot. I think it was Sega that kind of said, no, we want you to make it something different. And so that's how, why they had to do a side-scroller thing. Three, uh, if you look at games that were coming out kind of around the end of the Sega Genesis lifespan, uh, things like Sonic 3D Blast and Vector Man that kind of went with a very unique art style, you know, Sonic 3D Blast kind of being pre-rendered and Vector Man having some of that same style, uh, I would almost think that Toe Jam and Earl would, would have really lent itself well to kind of a, a pre-rendered look. Um, and they could have made everything look a little more lush. I think the, the music could have been even more amazing because as the programmers got better, you know, the, the sound design uh, got even better. So I, I think if the Sega Genesis could, would have lasted maybe another year or two or something, uh, Toe Jam and Earl 3... I could have worked and I think it would have been a top-down randomized game with some you know maybe some side-scroller bits and pieces but I also wonder why Toe Jam and Earl didn't come out on the Sega Saturn uh, but that's another question <laughs> Trevor Franklin asks with all these silly questions I figure you're ready for a serious one if you had to eat one Sega system 
Which one would you eat and why? Since you're a good guy, I'm going to say handhelds are allowed. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start with this question, but I know how to end. Um, I would eat a CDX um, because, you know, it's, it's a Sega Genesis and it's a Sega CD and it's a CD player all in one. Uh, I, I think that would be kind of a well-balanced meal. It's like I'll take a Sega with the works. That's right. <laughs> Sega with the works, absolutely. With sauce. With sauce. With yeah. sauce. Lots of sauce. <laughs> Hot dog sauce. <laughs> and, uh, let's see. Daniel Walker asks, Hey, Aaron, how excited are you for Sonic Mania? I haven't played many recent Sonic games. Uh, an example, once released in the last 15 years, but I know they have a reputation for being pretty terrible. I played Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 1 for the first time last night, and I kind of liked it. felt like they were trying to do for Sonic what su- new Super Mario Brothers did for the franchise, but only halfway succeeded. Do you think Sonic Mania will be the shot in the arm the franchise needs to become relevant again, or will it be another failure? Um, I think Here's what I think first of all. I, I think Sonic Team kind of ran out of ideas and didn't know where to take Sonic. In the last 15 years, uh, you had some, some decent Sonic games uh, mixed in with some parts of the games that really bogged them down. Um, and so you look at Sonic Adventure or Sonic Adventure 2, you think of Sonic Adventure 2, like the first level is amazing. And then it's like, after that, it's kind of slowly downhill from there where it's like each, each success successive level uh, is a little, a little less exciting for some reason. Uh, nothing can quite match that level and like Sonic Adventure 1 you know the Sonic levels were my favorite uh, and, and, and I like getting to explore these worlds and whatnot. Uh, but then the game just got sillier uh, and I think good game design kind of got away from them. Uh Sonic Media, where I think it will succeed, where I think Sonic 4 failed, is that Sonic 4, my problem was that they tried to rehash the gameplay of Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 without actually adding anything new to the table um, and having, a, in my opinion, a pretty lousy soundtrack. Uh, with Sonic Mania, I feel like Getting an entirely different team uh, could be good, could be bad, but I think having Christian Whitehead is a great sign uh, because he's the same guy who designed the the Sonic CD uh, re-released kind of from the ground up. Um, and so I have high hopes for it. It, it looks great in motion. Um, I think the new levels... Of, that I've seen so far look awesome. It's got the feel of the original 2D games. And uh, the music I've heard sounds great. So I look forward to it. Does that mean it's going to be guaranteed awesome? Maybe not. But I think it's a step in the right direction. And let's see here. Before I get to the final question, what do you guys think of Sonic Mania since we didn't talk about it on the Sega Snippets? I mean, I, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I haven't really seen a Sonic game lately that's kind of sparked my interest like this one has. 
Um, I wasn't really excited about Sonic 4. I don't really. I think this is probably the Sonic 4 I was looking for. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, seeing Green Hill Zone kind of rehashed again was was at, at first I was like, oh come on, they're not just remaking this. And uh, then it goes into like this weird level of like TVs and tell. I mean, it, it, it's kind of bringing something fresh to it, which I'm kind of excited about. And you know, I was telling Aaron before the show started, I'm kind of tempted to buy that collector's pack they got. They kind of had a th- <laughs> throwback Genesis cart that you like pull out, and there's like a Sonic ring inside of it. And I don't know, it's kind of it's kind of get me excited. I, I almost don't want to get excited because I don't want to be let down again because you know <laughs> Sonic lets us down very much. But uh, I don't know, it's 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 intrigued me more than anything else has for a long time. I'll say I kind of have to agree with Nick on that. It's kind of got me, got my uh, engine fired up, so to say, for Sonic again. Just, just looking at it, you know, the, the previous Sonic games. I played the one for the Wii, Sonic and the Golden Rings, and I don't know. It just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm gonna leave Sonic alone for a while. Then I saw the the preview for Sonic Mania, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can, maybe I can get back in this. I'll give it a try again. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and this wasn't the only Sonic game that was announced. There's another one that, that looks like it's pretty much another, you know, um, Sonic Mega Mix. Uh, I forgot what the first one was called, where it was like a, a 3D, 2D uh, arranged version of Sonic games. Uh, but that that looks pretty cool as well. But I'm mostly excited for Sonic Mania, and I hope it's a sign of things to come. So the final question we have here is from Benjamin Murphy, and he asked, three-part question. Whew. Okay. One, what do you think is the shelf life of cartridge games? Will most of them still be around and functional in 50 to 100 years? Uh, Well, having collected games that lasted 25, 30 years, um, I would say they could potentially last you know, at least 50 to 100 years. The, the thing that doesn't last, I notice, are batteries. Batteries have a shorter shelf life than the cartridges themselves. Uh, also, if you have bad capacitors, like uh, on the Game Gear, yeah, how, how many people actually own a Game Gear now <laughs> that has working capacitors? <laughs> you fire up that Game Gear, does it actually turn on? Some of it has to do with the craftsmanship. Uh, I'm going to guess that a- any cartridge you have with a, a glob top <laughs> or, you know, you, ha- you have some deal like that or some knockoff Chinese pirate something or other, if you have something like that, I, I don't think those will last that long. But I think the official releases, uh, I'm going to guess 50 to 100 years. Now, <laughs> he goes on, at that time, will people still care about playing them? Absolutely. Will it be emulation? More than likely, people will... It's just like with arcade games. Uh, A lot of the really early arcade games, either there aren't machines existing anymore or there's very few out there. And so people have dumped the, the uh, the ROM of these arcade games so that people can play them in emulation. And he says, or will the passage of time have rendered them forgotten and, and irrelevant? I think with the internet, um, everything is just kind of there for us to discover. And there's always someone that's going to be willing to write about it. I think some things are more obscure than others. But with like the Sega Genesis library, it's known. You 
you know, people can get a full ROM set of, of everything that's out there. I don't think that's going to disappear overnight. I think there's always uh, new things to talk about with the Sega Genesis and new things to discover, things that we didn't grow up with. So I think we'll be talking about the system for a very long time. And finally, will the Dreamcast 2 finally get produced by then? <laughs> I don't think so. This is a very tough thing to say, but I don't think Sega is ever going to get back into the hardware business again. Um, I think they're struggling enough just to stay uh, relevant to Sonic fans. Um, I don't think hardware is in the cards because they would really have to... I don't know. You're talking about competing with Nintendo competing with Sony, with Microsoft. Sega has never had to compete with Microsoft. Um, they worked with Microsoft. You look at uh, the, the Dreamcast, they worked with Microsoft on that. The Xbox has some, some Sega designs on it. Uh, for all intents and purposes, you could honestly call the Xbox the Dreamcast, too. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't, but you could. So do I think the Dreamcast 2 is going to come out in 50 years? Sure. Why not? <laughs> if I'm still alive by then, hopefully, you know, we'll see a Dreamcast 2. And that about does it. <laughs> That's all i got to say <laughs> about that. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, with that, we'll get just go right into this thing, huh? Hey, uh, game on, Aaron. Game on, Nick. Game on, Landon. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! Alright, Rocket Knight Adventures. Uh, man, this game. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I, usually, this time of the podcast, we talk about memories. Um, I didn't really have a lot of memories of this game, and, and I'm going to kind of go into that. I had some kind of speculation of why this is just coming from my personal belief. Um, so, like, when I, when I would go rent games, I would always see games like Awesome Possum and Rystar <laughs> and. Uh, Dynamite Heady and Pugsy and Cool Spot and Bubsy, all this stuff that just kind of filled mascot platformers that just kind of like, eh, eh. So, like, when I saw Rocket Knight, I thought it was just another Bubsy or another Cool Spot. And I'm like, I'm not going to rent this game. It's just going to suck, you know? But um, the more and more I started researching games, I kept hearing people say, Rocket Knight Adventures is one of the best platformers ever made. And you got to play this game. Konami made it. And I, I, I think I should have saw that Konami made it when I was a kid, but. I passed this game up on the shelf almost every time I went to the rental store. I never rented it. I probably didn't actually play it until early 2000s when I started emulating uh, ROMs and stuff. And I finally bought a copy of it about three years ago. I got it complete in box and stuff. But uh, definitely glad I checked it out. But uh, yeah, like I said, no memories at all in this game uh, whatsoever. Uh, did you guys have any at all? Um, I have a vague memory of seeing it in EGM when we had a monthly subscription. And I remember get, getting uh, good scores, you know, and I, I knew it was from Konami. And Konami didn't have a lot of games on the Sega Genesis, and we had one at the time. Uh, but I, I don't remember if we rented it. I do remember playing it later because uh, my buddy had a copy of it. Uh, and so I played it at his house on a Sega Genesis uh, years later. So I don't remember the very first time I played it, but 
I remember it always having a good reputation. Now, it is funny that this is like one of two <laughs> series or two games on the system <laughs> starring a possum. Uh, but this is the good one, guys. I know we haven't talked about awesome possum, but I guarantee you that's garbage. Spoiler Ooh. alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, and this game, well, I'll save my opinion on this game. But needless to say, this is the game that is probably more worth playing. And it's from Konami. Tried and true Konami. Uh, you know, one of the best looking games on the system right out of the gate. Uh, this is a cool Konami game. Just, I mean, just looking at the cover, looking at the back, uh, back of the box, top notch. <laughs> you know, it's funny you talk about possums. Um, how many country boys does it take to eat a possum? I don't want to know. Two, one to eat and one to watch out for traffic. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, wait. So before we get more into this game, do you guys have any crazy possum stories? I actually do. I, I grew up in, you know, you grew up in the South or anything like yes. that. You might. Oh yeah. So something really random about myself. I'm I'm scared to death of possums, and I didn't know this until uh, my wife and I had been married about a year or so. And we had a, a couple cats that would come in and out from the house, so we left a little bowl of cat food out on the porch. And uh, one evening it was kind of late, and I thought I heard my cat meowing outside. And uh, I opened the door, and I kind of reached down. I thought I was petting my cat, and then I looked down, and the stinking possums like hissing at me. <laughs> I mean, I ju- <laughs> I jumped like ten feet in the air. <laughs> But my wife will never ever let me forget how much I ran into the house like a little girl, like jumping up on the couch. <laughs> I was scared to death of this thing. So yeah, I have uh, a weird fear of possums, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my grandpa he worked as a uh, as a game warden over here in Western North Carolina, and I'll never forget the first time I ever saw a a possum up close. He had had one in the back of his truck, and he's like, "Hey, take a look at this. You know, this uh, guy down the road caught this possum." in his uh, in his barn you know eating eating cattle food or, or whatever you know and i'm like wow that thing's really big and like i leaned over and it started hissing at me and i kind of jumped back and like ever since then and whenever i hear a possum hiss it's kind of jump back out of i don't know if it's just some kind of instinct or what but i don't know i'm kind of like nick i don't really care for him too much <laughs> nasty, nasty yeah and I, and I remember yeah and I, i've seen uh i i saw one uh, hiding inside it inside our trash can and it was inside there with its babies i'm just like no the mama possum you know you try to chase them out and they are mean creatures (laughs) i mean they're not as bad as skunks because they don't spray but they are definitely rodents um (laughs) no kidding and, and i always wonder like because, you know, it kind of started with Sonic, these mascots, where it was like, we're going to take some weird <laughs> mammalian creature and we're going to turn it into a video game mascot. So it's like, okay, well, we're not going to do a hedgehog. Um, we're going to do a possum. That sounds like a great idea. Because everyone loves possums, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> possums are amazing. Which is probably why this game, I mean, maybe it wasn't such a hot-selling game. I don't know. I mean, you might not know 
looking at the game, like looking at the cover, that he's a possum anyway. Like I didn't know he was a possum. I thought he was kind of just like some uh, rat-like creature or something like that. Yeah, and even on the cover, <laughs> yeah. his, his tail was really the only thing that gives it away. It's real faint. You can't really see it with all the armor and everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I might not like this game quite as much if he didn't wear that armor. If it was just him <laughs> looking like an actual possum. <laughs> I might try and chase him off the screen or something with a broom. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Landon, did you have any memories of this game? I didn't really play it much. Our, our local rental place always had it, and it was always in for some reason. I don't know. You know, after playing the game, I'm like, why was this game always in? Why wasn't it checked out? every you know weekend but i remember seeing it and thinking oh that's probably a sonic knockoff or something just you know the the cartoony mascot and everything and then a buddy of mine he was having a birthday party and he had a ton of sega games and he went and rented a few and he got this one and we sat around and played it and it was probably the one that we played all night and this was with a bunch of you know fourth fifth sixth grade boys that you know were used to playing sports games and Mortal Kombat. We were all sitting around playing a, a mascot game, so to say, and, you know, we played it till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and had a ball, and I kind of, you know, hit myself, kicked myself in the butt for, for not playing it sooner. Then I finally saw one out in the wild, and I picked it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this now. This is this uh, this is coming home with me. I should have rented that all those years ago. <laughs> so, and it's funny because I, I kind of posed that same question to the group i kind of said gave them my experience that i didn't really realize this game was what it was uh did anybody else have the similar experience and there's a few uh people in our group who actually played this when it came out but for the most part they're all kind of in the same boat as we were just hit, you know it's, oh it's another mascot game passed it over and it turns out it's <laughs> you know it is what it is we'll talk about the conclusion later so well, I, what's weird uh for me is that i i've played uh, the game snatcher way more than i've ever played rocket knight adventures and there's actually a sparkster cameo uh sparkster who's the main character in these games there's a sparkster cameo inside snatcher when you go to the nightclub uh which is called outer heaven which is a metal gear reference uh, <laughs> when you get to this bar basically everyone is in masquerade and one of the characters is rocket knight uh from these games so it's, it's pretty interesting that i think i played rocket knight adventures after playing snatcher it's kind of weird all right guys well quick info on this one it was published and developed if you haven't figured out already by konami uh released in 1993 and uh, i tried to find some information about the composers because i really like the music in this game and i'm a big fan of konami uh, music anyways and there were so many listed I really couldn't pin down anything. Five of them? Yeah, was there anybody that stuck out to you Aaron? I was going to ask you that question because I really didn't spend a lot of time researching it. You know, I I just did a, a quick glance myself and I know one of them had worked on like Dynamite Heady uh, one of them had worked on like uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. These are just Konami had a lot of in-house composers, yeah. um, and I don't want to say they're interchangeable, but because I'm not 100% familiar with everyone's style, I couldn't tell you which one contributed which track or if they collaborated on several tracks or anything like that. What I do know is that it does have that Konami standard of quality as far as great music goes. Uh, the music in this game is really solid and really 
shows off what the Sega Genesis can sound like in the right hands is about what I would say about it. <laughs> I think he <laughs> snailed that. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> if the Genesis Gems ever made a, a mascot game, it would probably be about a snail. I'm just going around going, snailed it. Anyway. Hey, you know what? They did make a snail game, but it was on the Master System. Oh. And it was a <laughs> hidden maze game. So close. <laughs> so close. Um, and as far as buying this game, uh, you can. It, it's kind of on the uh, mid to upper range for a price. Uh, to find mm-hmm. it, to find it loose, it's like uh, price charting had it for nineteen dollars and fifty cents, and the uh, complete in box has it listed for thirty one dollars and sixty seven cents. So I feel a little ripped off because I went to flea market a couple years ago and bought this, and I got it complete in box with the manual, the the case, and the game. But someone had spilt something all over the manual, and it was all just. You know, like you can tell, like there's coffee stains on it, and it's all crumpled, and the, the label on the cartridge <laughs> was a little messed up too. So, um, and I'm, I'm happy I got the copy, but I spent thirty dollars on that. So, a little, little ripped off. But, anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, the game itself, uh, the story on this, it's real interesting. If you read the manual, there's all kinds of stuff in there. There's like a past and future and present. There's like three or four different uh, pages just on the story. Uh, one of the funny things I want to talk about. Um, did you guys ever hear the story about Sparkster playing tug of war with the pigs? No, tell me no. about it. They called it pulled pork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> oh Lord, only you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but instead of reading the whole story from the manual, I did want to read uh, just the excerpt from, I saw from Moby Games. It says, uh, "Rocket Knight Adventures is the first side-scrolling action game starring Sparkster." He lives in the kingdom of Zebulus and is the bravest of all the Rocket Knights. One day, an army of pigs comes down to invade the kingdom and capture the princess. It is up to Sparkster to set things right again. So, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with um, the help of some Angry Birds. Some Angry Birds. <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing. Well, my my kids play that uh, the Angry Birds and then the the pigs game on my phone all the time. And when they were watching me play this, they kept saying Angry Birds. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> you know when, ro- when when you actually charge up the uh, attack button and shoot up in the air, kind of looked like the Angry Birds as well. So they kept thinking it was Angry Birds. Like, no, that's that's a nasty looking possum. Um, as far as so, what what would you actually do if you saw a possum rocket through the air? Gosh, I'd probably pee myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd run. What if he was attached to like one of those? Uh... I can't remember what they're called right now, but the remote control devices. All the drones. People can, yeah, drones and people fly around. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of cool, though. You know? <laughs> I just got a mental image of a possum just kind of going <laughs> and hanging on a drone. <laughs> like, it's a true story. Someone took their their dead cat oh, and, and they they turned it into a drone. <laughs> 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 they, they had him stuffed, like taxidermied, and then he turned him into a drone, oh and it's... <laughs> Don't ask me how it relates to this game, <laughs> it's a hel- but it's he a- did go on his own Rocket Knight adventure. Oh my gosh. Like. It's a Hella Kitty, huh? See what I did there? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that would be the most frightening thing if I ever saw that thing in the air. <laughs> It depends on how it was, you know, taxidermed, however however you want to say that. Like if it was like doing some weird motion or if it was just hanging limp, you know, just depends. <laughs> it's a, it, just imagine like a cat, like a hang in there cat, or it's kind of like <laughs> paws are just kind of like splayed out like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Rocket Knight Adventures. Uh, the... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. The controls in this game are real simple. Um, D-pad moves your guy around. Uh, the A, two buttons. Yeah, the A and the C button are the same thing. They attack, and then if you hold them down, it uh, does the rocket power, and B jumps. So awesome. <laughs> so really awesome. easy. Yeah, awesome possum. <clears throat> but um, the gameplay in this uh, just phenomenal. Just kind of leave it at that. The level design. The variety in stages, man. You, you got like shoot 'em up segments and underwater segments. You're on rails and some things. Uh, real good. I, I, I really enjoy the uh, just the attack. There's a, there's a good feedback there when you actually hit something. Feels like you're actually doing something. The platforming is precise. You know, some real good gameplay as far as that goes. Um, did you guys feel like the level design and the variety of things to do uh, was was pretty well? Yeah. It, this. I mean, I could kind of tell. The um, the guy who directed it, it's just Nobuya Naza. Was it Nakazato? Like you can tell that he worked on Contra games, especially like Contra Three and Contra Hardcore on the Sega Genesis, because minute by minute you're doing something different <laughs> each level. Uh, there's just so much variety going on, and it really helps to keep the game fresh and exciting you know, I, and I definitely enjoyed uh, you know even, even though I felt like the game was just super duper hard uh, I definitely enjoyed it yeah I gotta agree I like the level the design and the variety you know you'll be doing you know some some platforming on one segment of the level and then the next you know he'll like light up his little rocket pack and put his goggles on and kind of do like a shooter stage and I don't know it's just like like Aaron said, the, the going back and forth between different play styles is really, really cool. And that kind of kind of threw me off when I first played. I'm like, oh, wow, so this isn't just like a side-scrolling adventure game. It's, you know, it's a little bit of everything thrown into one. And it and it's not like it's forced either. It's really natural the way that it feels. It's not like, oh, yeah, here's a shooter stage just for a shooter stage. It's like, oh, I have to cross this lake. I'm going to put my jetpack on and fly across it and go to the next level. It's not It's not forced is what I really like about it. And I like the uh, the animations in this game. He sparks, are, you know, he, he emotes a bit. He's always kind of smiling. And he's kind of a, a bumbling hero, you can kind of tell. Kind of gets knocked around a bit. Hmm. Uh, and what's funny is, like, if you let him sit there long enough, he'll actually take off his goggles. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah. I'll say, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I like those, uh, I was going to say, I like those segments where it, you're kind of uh, dangling by your tail uh, on these limbs and you're able to kind of jump up and, and collect fruit uh, and slide around I, I, I thought those were really cool little segments yeah and that's you know part of the first level um, right before you get to the second part of it you're talking about it almost feels like you're on a roller coaster you're kind of going up and down and flying off this this branch and I, I really like that on the second level where you're in the waterfall and you kind of have to jump to the, the background to avoid some of the spikes and jump back to the foreground, you know, there's there's some cool uh, play on there with planes and things like that. But yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that, that uh, there was that, that one level where there's lava coming up and down. Oh my You gosh. have to look at the reflection on the lava yeah, the, the, to I, notice that you you know I didn't get that at first. I, I actually wrote that down as one of my favorite parts of the game. So yeah, that's in stage three, and you see the lava come up, and there is a reflection down because you can't see where the platform is if you're just looking ahead. 
But as the lava comes up, you're like, oh, there's the platform. I mean, that, that was one of the coolest. I've never seen that in a game before. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it took me a little while to figure out what in the world to do. Because uh, I, I, I was just kind of looking up and looking over. I didn't look, happen to look down as the lava came up. So it was pretty awesome. And, um, you can definitely see some of the, the, the Konami, this is another thing cool about the game, some of the bosses you fight right away, like so like stage 2 happens, there's a mini boss, the first thing, and this thing's got these big long like uh, arms that look like they have little balls made up all the way at the top, and all I could think of was in the uh, Contra for NES, it looked like the uh, Shadow Beast entrance, the, the second base, I mean just reminded oh, me yeah. of that, yeah, just right on, I'm like yeah that's Konami right there. Yeah and it's crazy how it's like... You know, you're playing that area, and then, like, the platforms kind of burst out, and then suddenly you're swimming. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to use your charge attack to kind of move around. And the charge attack, has, it's kind of interesting how it's like, if you don't move in a direction, he kind of does a spin thing. And then on some boss enemies, if you charge into him just right uh, and, and hit them, it will actually make the game slightly slow down as you do multiple hits on the enemy. Yeah, uh, kind of some unique strategy that you kind of uh, that you employ there. Absolutely. Yeah, like I mentioned, I really liked the uh, just a variety in stages. Um, the second stage, at the end of it, there's like a uh, you're kind of like on on a train rail. It kind of reminds me of like a Donkey Kong stage where you're in the tunnels and things. And uh, I thought that boss battle was pretty epic. Where and, uh, it's, it's almost like a train with like almost like a cartoon kind of. I don't know. It's kind of cheesy at first, <laughs> but uh, it has these hands that come out. So the the yeah. first the first part there's like three stages of the boss. The first part's pretty easy. You just jump over like these little orbs. And you're just kind of slashing, slashing, you slashing. Just charge him, yeah. Yeah. And then the second part, he's up on a different uh, level, and he's got these big long hands that are kind of coming at you, uh, and you, know, you dodge those. And then the last part. Uh, the orbs are back, but they kind of go in an arch. Um, yeah, I really, really like that boss battle. It took me, gosh, I, I, the first few times I played that, I had to continue two or three times to beat it. Now I can, where I played it so much, I can pop it in now and, and beat it without dying just because I've played that one boss so much. But, uh, yeah, I really like that one. There's some definite uh, memorization of different enemy patterns going on in this game, and it reminds me a little bit of Bucky O'Hare <laughs> and that aspect where it's like there's so many different types of platforming challenges and, and enemies to fight uh, stage by stage and, and all the stages are kind of broken up into different types of gameplay or different areas that kind of make it unique uh, it, it, it's it's really fun I man I, when I first played it or uh, well, for the show when I played it I didn't make it past the third stage like I had to that's where I, I died, and that, that was doing what the game calls easy difficulty, the the default difficulty, which is funny because you look at the Japanese or European difficulties, and those are hard. <laughs> so how does that make any sense? And then you put it, if you put it on the children difficulty in the U.S., that's considered normal in the Japanese version and easy in the European version. I I don't understand it at all. I don't even know if the ending's any different. If you, I would recommend if you've played this game for the first time, put it on children mode. Yeah. Just please do that. Uh, I played it on easy, and I couldn't get past the fourth level. <laughs> so this is one of those games where you shouldn't feel bad about putting the difficulty level down a bit until you get used to the mechanics and some of these crazy bosses uh that you know you kind of have to learn their patterns to dodge them um, because each one is 
a little bit unique. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with you, and I I only made it to stage four. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I had to watch a YouTube video just to kind of get an idea of the rest of the stages. Um, the uh, stage five, actually. Let's talk about stage five. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, like the beginning reminds me of uh, Castlevania. Did you get that vibe? <laughs> I didn't. I got Contra three. Contra are you 3? talking about the the flying part? Well, I'm I'm I was talking about just the intro. Like it shows Sparkster kind of like uh, zoomed in. And then, and then the background it showed the castle, kind of like you know Simon Belmont looking at the oh, castle, yeah. Castlevania. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so. yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, but like when you're in the actual, is it stage five where you're flying around again? Yeah, it's like another. It starts with like a shoot. And up. it looks like futuristic industrial stuff going on. Exactly. And uh, yeah, man, it looks like they took the first level of Contra Three and turned it into a flying stage. Yeah, and I want to I want to get to that stage because the boss battle, like it has uh, Sparkster like running away from the other possum guy, like in his big mech suit, and then Sparkster eventually gets in his own mech suit, and it's like total mechs, rock'em sock'em robots boss fight, and it looks oh, amazing. Oh, Axel Gear, Axel Gear's that's name. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, know. <laughs> he's a corrupt rocket knight. Oh, I got you. <laughs> but he's yeah, trying to steal an ancient book. It looks so cool though. Like I want to play that so bad. Wait, did you so? Did you even talk about the story? It's pretty convoluted. I, like I said, there's like three pages of it in the instruction manual. I read through it many, many weeks ago when we first talked about this. I can't remember a single thing. Yeah, yeah. so he's like an orphan, and he trained under some special, some, some dude who kind of took him <laughs> in, his adoptive father who died, and then he's trying to avenge his death, and then he's supposed to rescue a princess. And uh, there's some Rocket Knight. They went rogue. You know, a lot of uh, tropey type stuff. But what's funny is when you play the game itself, all this backstory is kind of explained in the manual. Then you play the game itself, and there's like no exposition. Yeah. <laughs> like you'll get to little areas where it's all silently acted out. Uh, I think there's like three parts of the game where you'll see like one part where you run up to the princess, and it's kind of like it's Sonic 2 where you know. You'll get to an area where uh, there will be a little mini cutscene or something. Um, that's how this happens. Like you, you get to the, you're on the Zeppelin, and then um, you get to your princess, but then she turns into a bad guy. You know, it's a bad guy pretending to be the princess. And then you get to another area where it's like the king, and he shoots you out of a cannon. Um, cool little things like that. But I, I do wish a little bit that they would have added some a little more story elements to the game itself but it definitely makes the game move really fast how far did you make it landon did you get any further than we did i made it to the third level and then that's where i got i got eight alive <laughs> and i was doing it on the easy difficulty too i'm like man this, there's something wrong i'm either really horrible at this game or it's really hard <laughs> yeah i made it to the third level and i'm just like okay well we'll have to give up and get on youtube and watch a walkthrough on how to do this yeah. When I got to level four, I think I was on this uh, fish boss, and I beat him, and I don't remember what happened. I think there was an area after that where I just got creamed. Yeah, that that fish boss was rough. I got lucky on that one. That's yeah. the one where like the platformers kind of, the platforms oh kind of come out really fast, and you have to jump in certain ways. There's almost like and a, then there's like there's like a rhythm you jump to at one point. Like I finally figured it out like jump, 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 and it would just kind of fall in place for you but yeah that was rough yeah it's one of those games where it's like you kind of wish you had infinite continues but then you understand why you don't it, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> uh an old school hard game though absolutely I, I do have to say stage four 
um, I wrote down a note. It uh, starts with a mini boss battle where you play tennis, <laughs> where the guy's like shooting uh, some kind of fireball at you, and you have to hit it back at him, hit him in yep. the head with it. It's pretty cool. It's like a little little game of uh, Sparkster Pong. And that's where like you start out with a cutscene, and then it goes right into that, yeah, <laughs> right into the gameplay. So it's like you have to be ready for it, and then they'll shoot those fireballs, and and they're kind of like they're they're balls, and then you have to jump up and hit them back. Yeah. Before they hit the ground, like a real certain angle too, because if you hit them at, a, at you know the wrong angle, it just goes up in the air and goes past the guy. Yeah, the trajectory has to. You don't want to hit it when it's at the top. You want to hit it when it's actually on its way when down. It's actually to, falling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I started to time it better. I would jump up and then kind of meet it as it was falling down. Um, it worked out, but it took me a little while to figure that out too. <laughs> I hear you. So what else? Stage six. There's a lot of shoot 'em up in stage six. It's pretty much the whole stage, I think. That's what I wrote down. And then uh, stage seven, I kind of blew by when I was watching it, but it's uh, another boss fight in the beginning. You know, it's just it's, it's pretty epic though, as you watch it. Just a lot of the, the music was real, you know, just real intense, and you know, a lot of lot of boss fights there. So, but, um, and I tried to watch the ending a little bit and kind of turned it off. I'd like to enjoy that myself one day without going through YouTube. That's right. <laughs> so, but I'm assuming he saved the day. Princess was saved. Blah blah blah. Whatever. <laughs> Did we talk about the various sequels and spin-offs of this game? Yeah, I mean, I I, I looked at uh, you know, the, is it just called Sparkster? Is it the second one? So it's it's really interesting, and I, I think I talked about this briefly on another Ask Aaron. Um, and there was a Sparkster on the Super Nintendo, which is almost like an alternate timeline. It's like a spin-off, and then there's Sparkster on the Sega Genesis, which is pretty much I think subtitled Rocket Knight Adventures 2. Uh, so the Sega Genesis one is more of the direct sequel, but they're both called Sparkster. They have similar animation, but the gameplay uh, is pretty different. Um, and I think the SNES version has a slight edge, but they're both really good and both worth checking out. Um, and then there wasn't another Sparkster game until 2010. Uh, when Konami, they didn't make it themselves, um, but they had uh, Climax Studios, I think. They made a, it's like a 3D on a 2D plane type game, 2.5D, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they made a Rocket Knight Adventures reimagining. And it's not, it's not a graphical style I'm particularly fond of because I don't think it, it's quite as fluid as the and maybe you guys agree with me like when you compare these games uh that come out that, that are 3d but they want to look 2d ish or have that 2d ish gameplay they're not quite as fluid as the original games uh but i i would still say it's worth checking out you can get it on the psn store and i think xbox 360 uh so i think ps3 and 360 and maybe pc yeah you're you're right that's those three avenues i downloaded a demo of that uh, many years ago for the 360 it's not too bad I, i'm kind of right there with you it's not it's not spectacular but um if you're a big fan of rocket knight that's definitely something to check out yeah in rocket knight has had some cameos like i mentioned in snatcher and a few other i think japanese only konami games he, he was definitely a, a niche uh, game from Konami or game character because I, I I don't think he really got that mass popularity. They even say like Earthworm Jim, 
uh, or some of these other mascots that were on Sega Genesis had. Even Bubsy had his own cartoon. Uh, Rocket and I didn't have anything. He didn't have a cartoon or action figures or anything like that. We kind of missed out. He did have a t-shirt, though. My copy of the game had the order form for the t-shirt in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So get your own Rocket Knight t-shirt right. for nineteen ninety-five. That's right. I got the same thing. <laughs> Even a little... Uh... Like a yellow badge on the front. Order your official Spark yep. shirt, T-shirt details and stuff. Yep. <laughs> That's rad. I don't think that'd be good anymore, right? Trying to get that. I was wondering if I could send that in. Like, yeah, I want my Rocket Knight T-shirt, please. Yeah. While, <laughs> while Konami's busy making all their pachinko machines. <laughs> like, yeah. What's this thing? <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw someone had a hat that said "Make Konami Great Again." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, was a, it was a red hat that had it in white lettering. It just made me laugh. I, I would wear that hat. That's great. It's amazing how much like Konami stuff I saw in Las Vegas, though. Like, all those gameplay machines. It's like, oh, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we could go off on a huge tangent on, on Konami. Or we can just talk about the glory years, which That's I right. think Rocket Knight definitely falls into. Glory. <laughs> Uh, so I guess I think we can talk about the graphics a little bit. Um, I was very impressed with the graphics. I thought the uh, I thought the backgrounds were very good, not too busy, um, very detailed though. Um, I, I did like the way that Sparkster looked. I think the only I don't want to say complaint his his eyes looked a little offset. I don't know if y'all noticed that. I know they were trying to get like an angle where you could see his eyes, but they looked a little goofy to me. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I thought the graphics were good. Um, the oh, gosh. the <laughs> the movement of all the walkers. You know, like there's a lot of ATST type uh, yeah. uh, stuff in here. The first level has <laughs> even them. one you ride. Yeah, there's one you ride. I was just man, these are like the <laughs> ATSTs right from Hawk. What's going on here? But uh, I thought those were cool. Of course, that lava scene with the uh, reflection kind of just made things great. Uh, the animations, even when he takes off, um, it, like if you hold down the button and he rockets up, he puts his uh, goggles on, which I thought was real cool. Little attention to detail, like I always talk about on here. I really appreciate that because that just kind of shows the love that went into this game. But uh, I don't know, what'd you guys think? I think the graphics were good. I I think the the graphics were spectacular. Um, it wasn't quite as showy uh, or over the top as like Contra uh, hardcores, but I I think it was just s simple and maybe I would say elegant, uh, where it was just enough to be impressive, um, and then uh, it just everything suited itself nicely to the gameplay and everything just kind of worked cohesively and i felt like the graphics went with the gameplay uh, went with the design and everything just fed into the whole game i would say to make it a really nice package overall i have to agree with with everything that's been said it's it's like aaron said it's simple but it's elegant it's not over the top you know it's 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 a really detailed action-adventure game. Like, one of the little, uh, I guess, details I noticed that I really liked was in the first level, you know. There's the castle in the background where all the, the mayhem's going on, and there's little puffs of fire and smoke coming out of it at different times. And, you know, it's little little attention to detail like that that I really, really like on that. And, you know, I like how when he goes up in the tree and he deploys the tail, he's not just, like, static. He's kind of, like, swinging back and forth a little bit into the background and foreground, just a tiny, tiny hair. Just enough where you know he's moving. I really like that as well. Um, it, I was going to say, I think, you know, for, for a Genesis game in the mid-90s, this this game nailed or snailed the graphics, so to say. <laughs> you got it. You got it. 
<laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and I noticed there was one area late in the game where I was like you, Nick. I was watching a video where it had a cool, uh, almost uh, the way the, I don't know if it's parallax scrolling or what, but it reminded me of Toy Story almost, which came out a few years later, where there's a whole little part of the game where it looks like there's an object in the background that looks kind of 3D-ish. Um, so it was a really impressive effect uh, where it would just kind of scroll by, but it had kind of a 3D effect going on. Uh, so th that was cool. But yeah, I just felt like uh, from start to finish, it's it's just solid all the way through. Amen. Rub-a-dub-dub. rub a Thanks for the grub. There you go, man. <laughs> um, sound we've briefly touched on. Um, definitely want to give just complete respect to this this music i love the soundtrack that that first stage i don't know if it's where i played it so much and died a lot or what but that that's I, the most memorable oh to me my too. goodness i hum that tune all the time <laughs> so good and i i just I, I love the way the the sword sounds when you're swiping it and when you're charging up it's got a real cool sound i can't really emulate it very well but uh just every every little sound effect and i, I didn't really hear anything that got on my nerves there wasn't any dying cats in this one <laughs> and, if there were, if, and if there were, they were, you know, being killed by a possum, and the possum shut them up. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just really like or this. Or Nick mistook him for a possum. <laughs> really a cat, <laughs> or I, if, if, if my wife were sitting here, I'd have her come on here and tell that story. That was so great. <laughs> 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 she, would t she would tell it so much better than me. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, just everything about this sound-wise was just so good. Classic Konami, really nothing bad about it. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um it, and you know you you go from kind of the uplifting orchestral to some, kind of some oompa, almost circusy type music to kind of like some high energy techno-ish type stuff in the boss stages. Um, they kind of remind me a little bit of Mortal Kombat for some reason. <laughs> and then you get to like a I think one stage near the end of the game where it's just full on, uh, you know, electronic type music. So. Definitely a nice variety, and I'd recommend anyone checking out the soundtrack to the game because, uh, you know, level by level, you're going to hear different music, so definitely worth it. Oh, yeah, that, that first level, I'm kind of like Nick. That first level, I've, I've hummed that tune going to work in the mornings. That da 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 Yeah. <laughs> and I like the little, like, in-between. I know, I know it does it on the first level. I can't remember if it does it on the first going in the second where it's like that da, 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 da. yeah that like yeah. grand adventure it's like all right get ready you're getting ready to, to start the adventure <laughs> I, I love that yep. little just that little ditty that it plays but yeah i'm the music in this game is classic konami there's nothing really you know weak or, or wrong with it it fits the game it fits the mood i listen to the soundtrack and some of the later levels it does kind of have that kind of that techno industrial music type sound like there was some kind of pull up the stages here. Like stage, uh, it says five two on the on the playlist here. Like I love that. It's that do 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 You know, I can't really describe it without sounding like a door. We're just gonna have a segment called Landon sings. Name name that tune as Landon sings it. That's right. I loved it though. But yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. It's just something about that the the music in that game that kind of gives you an energy to want to keep playing, and I really like that. Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, 
I, I just think it's engaging in in ways that a lot of other Sega Genesis music isn't, where the game is great, but then the music is just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just kind of generic rock music. Or, you know, what people think that the Sega Genesis typically sounds like. Yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of that on the Genesis. <laughs> yeah. But I think what, what the Genesis does well is just, like, really uh, brassy sounds and orchestral, you know, as far as that goes, and, you know, nice uh, drums and uh, bass sounds. And so it definitely, uh, you know, and, and bells especially sound really great. So I think Konami was kind of the master of the Sega Genesis. There was a few other companies that could hold a candle to what they did, except for Bubsy. Except for Bubsy. <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome Possum. Right, Awesome Possum. <laughs> Kicks uh, <laughs> Dr. Machino's butt. Uh -uh. I'm awesome. I think he actually says that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go back and revisit that one. It's been a while. <laughs> been a while. Since I've been... Hey, that's <laughs> funny. I actually listened to Stain the other day. Like the whole first album, Dysfunctional. Love that album. <laughs> but you know what? This is an aside, but I, I kept on bringing that up on Retro Obscura. Anytime someone wants to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was jamming out to that song Mud Shovel for that, that bass line in the beginning. That was an episode of Nick Sings. There you go. <laughs> and then that second album with It's Been a While came out and just ruined the whole band. But, uh, <laughs> 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 That's what I heard. Whereas like, oh. they, they went commercial and then they had you know, some of their older style, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. <laughs> I don't know why, but that reminded me of that uh, that scene in uh, the movie Wedding Singer. It's like, now get my Van Halen T-shirt before you curse the band and they break up. <laughs> 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 Anyways, all right. Um, the only thing I, else I really wanted to touch on and just kind of get you guys' uh, thoughts on, the, I, I thought the boss battles. I know we we mentioned it a little bit here. Uh, the boss battles in this were to me the the shining point. I, I mentioned earlier about you know learning the patterns and. Uh, yeah, just just playing it over and over again. But even the first boss battle with uh, the kind of the snake popping in and out of the room, um, and then he had to jump over all the little bugs coming out and everything. I just I, I really enjoyed them. So a lot of times boss battles get annoying and they get real. The harder they are, just the more angry you get. But I, I felt such a sense of accomplishment when I finally figured out. Okay, I need to go here when this happens and do this. Wait for this. And I don't know. I just want to kind of get your all's opinion on. You know, did you think these boss battles are some of the better ones in a platformer? Yeah, I would say they, uh, in terms of Konami games, they're really high up there, and also Treasure games, uh, you know, just really solid, solidly designed and engaging enough to keep you coming back and want to learn the patterns of these bosses uh, because they're, you know, each one's kind of unique. Yeah, I, I I agree with that 100%. The the cool part of this for me was just learning the pattern of the boss. Like you know, it's like okay, I know I'm probably going to spend one or two lives trying to figure this guy's pattern out fully. But once you do, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. It's like uh, those old school Nintendo games, you know, the the boss wasn't that hard. It was just figuring out his pattern and, and figuring out how he was going to act. And that has a lot of that in this with the boss battles from what I've seen. Good deal. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what he said. Yeah, what, what, That's what, all I got to say about that. <laughs> what he said. You know, like, I, I think everyone knows that's listened to any Retro Junkies podcast that I'm a huge fan of Contra on the NES, and I've played that so much where I've got everything memorized. And uh, 
even going back and playing that, it's, it never it never gets boring to me. Like I, I'm always trying to find a new way to make it more challenging on myself. But the, those boss battles are are still like even though I have it memorized, they're still challenging. It's still you know I know exactly where I need to be, but it, it's still a it's still work to get there. And I, I really really I don't know. Maybe it's just Konami, or maybe it's just these old school games that just keep bringing me back, no matter how many times I play it. But I, I love learning the patterns and. I don't know, like I say, it's a sense of, sense of accomplishment. If this were like a PS4 game, I'd be getting trophies for that, you know? <laughs> well, and I think uh, something Konami had over maybe some other developers, I think especially companies in Europe and, or, you know, in the UK and America, where they, they were making platformers too, uh, but something Konami had was just this sense of fun. And... The ability to make a really concise stage that did different things and different challenges that made it fun to keep going because you, you kind of wanted to see what would happen next. Whereas sometimes it would be like you play another game and you just felt like, man, does this level ever end? It just feels like it takes forever, you know? That sort of thing. I like how each level is just kind of broken up into these discrete chunks of different bits of gameplay. Uh, Nick, Dan just messaged me and, and he said, oh man, for the Ask Aaron, I should have asked, what's Nick wearing? So Nick, what are you wearing? <laughs> uh, nothing. No, <laughs> My this, birthday suit? I have this, uh, I got a podcast naked. No, I'm I actually have a, uh, it's a uh, J&R Auto Mason County Little League shirt, uh, coach's shirt I got from my kid's t-ball team. So I got my name on the back of it with number 31. You know, big props to Greg Maddox back in the old Atlanta Braves day. My son, <laughs> my son still carries my number. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> a pair of Dickies uh, khaki shorts and a pair of Vans. See, I was kind of yeah. hoping you'd be wearing a Rocket Knight Adventures t-shirt. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> didn't I'm so disappointed. Didn't snail that one. No. <laughs> yep, there you go. I just brought Greg Maddox into all this. How did that happen? <laughs> no idea. Oh man, that kind of wraps up my uh, take on Rocket Knight for for that part. I don't know if you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about. Um, like I, I, I could talk about everything we just mentioned for a long time on this game because it was so good. But uh, unless you guys have anything else to talk about, we can head to the next section. Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention was that um, I didn't talk about it on the Sega snippets, but I did get to play this on a device I just gotten. Um, I talked about it in Genesis Gems, but. That is, uh, I can't even remember the name of it right now, but I, I got this, this portable Linux computer uh, that does emulation, and uh, it's, it's a pocket chip. That's what it's called. And I played Rocket Knight on there, and it's pretty fun. I even got to hook up my own Sega Genesis controller to play it on, so it was pretty nifty. Yeah, that looked pretty cool. I, I noticed a little bit of a kind of slowdown. Did that get any better as you went? You know, uh, I didn't get too far. I'm going to go back and play it again and see if that was just... Uh, there's a tiny bit of slowdown anyways with the game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering if it was just emulation or what. I think the only problem, too, is that they're, they're still developing um, the drivers for... Because it's like it's based on... It's like a $9 Linux computer on this thing. Uh, and, and so the processing speed isn't the fastest for emulation, um, and it doesn't do full screen. But I think once they get full screen drivers and they can switch off of using SDL and they can use like OpenGL or something like that, that uh, the emulation will look a little better. 
but it's pretty decent so far. I got to play Lunar also. Uh, Sega CD got to introduce my kids to that game. They were kind of crowded around me as I was playing it. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was pretty neat. Pretty cool. Awesome. And, and Landon, you got anything else to wrap this up with? Um, only other thing is I can think of is I really like the controls in this game too. They're really tight, really responsive for an action game, and that's that's what I that's what I look for whenever I play action games is really tight, responsive controls. And you know, if you get hit in this when it's your fault, it's not the controller's fault. That's right. <laughs> I want to play more games where it's the controller's fault. <laughs> it's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> you many, did this. That's why many controllers were broken as a kid for me. <laughs> you didn't do the lasso technique? <laughs> no, what's that? I don't even know what that is. That's, that's where you, you pick up a wired controller and you swing it around like it's a lasso. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I did the throw it down on the floor like a brick. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Stupid. We used to have those little uh, the Nintendo the uh, wireless controllers where you had to point it like directly at the infrared. Thing. Oh, oh and, terrible! Uh, yeah, I threw I threw terrible. one of the I threw one of those against the wall at seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, rage fits. <laughs> I was see, I was always the uh, the youngest brother. I had three brothers, so it was always my fault when something messed up. Yeah, or like, so you're you're the younger brother. Like, I, I posted a, uh, a a meme on on my Facebook and tagged my brother and said some had that guy holding like a drink up and his here's to everyone who always had to be second player younger brothers. <laughs> and, uh, we always talked well, about, we always talked about that because I'd always get like the crappy third party controller when we play games. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and they'd be stuck with those. Uh, do you remember also? Um, you know how big the well, like the power brick for the Sega Genesis or the NES, and you'd plug it directly into the wall, and all it took was someone just knocking into it and knocking it off. And of course, if your game had no battery backup, well, that was it. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of screwed. And it, what's interesting is, it seems like there there weren't a lot of Sega Genesis games that had battery backup anyway, compared to like the Super Nintendo. You guys notice that? Seems like there's a lot more Super Nintendo games with battery backup. I don't know. Maybe there were just more RPGs and things. That might be right. But even even the uh, games like like well, Super Mario World had a battery. Sonic, not until Sonic 3 did we get a battery backup. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of interesting. And then you have games like this where it's like they just expect you to play it in one play session. You're like, no, you don't need a battery or <laughs> you don't need a password system. Just play it or die. That's the thing too, because like the first two Sonic games that wasn't that easy to get through it in one sitting i remember having it on genesis and have to hit the you know just pause and walk away for a few hours and come back <laughs> i mean it wasn't until save states where i really actually beat those games and uh here recently i did beat sonic 2 all the way through but my goodness that took me all day to do it <laughs> so, did you I mean, ever have one of those situations where your battery was dead but it was a game you liked so much oh, yeah. that you would just leave it in your system overnight <laughs> and hope someone didn't turn it off Yep. <laughs> I ended up doing that with uh, Shining in the Darkness. It had a bad battery, and I didn't know that you could just replace them pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that that game, like, I must have left it on for, like, 10 days until, like, I don't know if someone just tapped it or something, and then, like, I went back to it, and the game was frozen. <laughs> I was so sad. I remember I bought a uh, copy. This is so off topic, but I bought a copy of... Um... Castlevania Circle of the Moon a few years ago on GBA and uh, I didn't know the battery was bad so I started it up and I played a good two hours like in one sitting right and I turned the thing off and I turned it back oh. on and it was all gone 
I was so no. bad. No, so happened bad. to me on uh, Landstalker. <laughs> yeah, same deal. It's like I've gotten so far. It's like, oh man, this game's great. Nope. So Sorry. Any any retro game I buy now that has battery in it, I usually find the first save point, turn it off, turn it back on, and see if it works. <laughs> don't make, <laughs> don't make that mistake anymore. But all right, guys, back 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 on the second thing. Uh, let's do some retrofitted achievements. All right. The Channel for Stems, Retro-Fitted Achievements. Alright, so I've only got three. I didn't uh, spend a lot of time on this this time. kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Same here. We don't, we, we don't have Rob to be like, well, I got 13. I got 14. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to have anything from the dungeon. Alright. But, uh... <laughs> My first one. I always kind of wonder when I put these out here. It's kind of PG, kind of PG-13, but uh, anyway, Sparkster. I hardly know her, and that's uh, start. <laughs> <laughs> that's just uh, starting the game, playing the Sparkster. Good job. <laughs> um, how about this one? Play dead. <laughs> Pretend that uh, I'm just making these up at the top of my head. Obviously, <laughs> uh, play dead, where uh, you you pretend to turn the game off. But then you keep playing because uh, it's it's that dang addictive. <laughs> you lose all your lives, and you got to keep going. Oh uh, well, I have up, up, and away. Use the rocket pack to jump up off the screen or to jump straight up. That'd be a nice catchphrase if you said that. <laughs> that would be a pretty cool one. It's turbo time. Yeah. Um... It's turbo time. <laughs> <laughs> he got to. He got to. <laughs> I just want Turbo Man doll. How did that become like one of the staple Christmas movies? <laughs> I mean, it's good. I don't know. I watch it it's every good. year. But it's like, it just to me, it's not a Christmas story. I got a Christmas story, you know, Christmas vacation. That's really it. I mean, well, of course, Elf. Elf's up there now. So like, there's, yeah. there's the three Christmas. How in the world did Jingle All the Way get up there? I didn't say it was a good Christmas movie, but it, it's definitely <laughs> one I have to watch every no, year. I know, but like, it's on. I don't know. You just think of the classic Christmas movies that are on every every Christmas, and that's somehow snuck in there. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I got a problem with that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> my, my next one is uh, Three Little Pigs, and that's Killing Three Pigs. Uh, my next one is kind of an homage to Super Mario 64. I think it's like one of the missions where it was like wall jumps will work or wall kicks will work or something. Uh, and it's... a uh, beat that there's an area where like the game actually has arrows that tell you which way you gotta zigzag to get up <laughs> yeah, a wall yeah, yeah so that that's cool oh uh, this one may be on the on the borderline it's called the whole hog just hit one of the pigs until his armor comes off and he runs away in his boxer shorts <laughs> i like it <laughs> that's perfect Okay, my last one is, uh, I'll see if you guys ever heard of this before, it's called Roadkill Cafe, and that's, uh, yes. <laughs> that's, you can't I remember make... t-shirts. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, can't make it past the first stage. We used to have... Kill them, we grill them. Yeah, they used to have, like, uh, like, uh, potato chips in our area that had Roadkill Cafe flavors. I know there's a gimmick, but, and then in our area, I don't know if you've experience this landing but uh like little small churches country churches they have mm -hmm. uh wild game dinners where uh you pretty much eat yep. anything that moves <laughs> yep they have wild game dinner and uh oh what the heck is it called poor man's supper where it's just like pinto beans and cornbread yeah exactly <laughs> i've had poor man's supper <laughs> <laughs> that was college you know like mixing in the peas and the corn 
that was mm -hmm. uh, that was dinner. I don't have any more, but insert borderline offensive <laughs> retrofitted achievement here. You have any more, Landon? I got one more. Uh, it's called it's called Rocket Knight, not Scuba Knight. Complete the first uh, shooter stage completely under the water. Ooh, I like it. Nice. <laughs> Scuba Knight. Scuba Knight. <laughs> Alright guys. I guess he could be a Navy SEAL, he'd be a Navy possum. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Navy SEALs. That was like the only only little only little joke I said from the top of my head. Everything else is kinda of staged. <laughs> well, Nick, I got a dad joke for you if yes, you want to hear it. Please. Why do chicken coops have two doors? Why is that? Because if they had four doors they'd be chicken sedans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm right I'm writing that down right now. Alright. I'm using that tomorrow. <laughs> Alright guys, let's ask the big question here. Is this game a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good? Or is it garbage? So, uh, is the sky blue? Is the sky blue? Is the sky blue? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty simple. Um, so I went out to Moby Games and I was kind of shocked. None of the big magazines that usually are listed on Moby Games. Uh, I didn't see any headlines for it. Like usually you see like Game Pro or EGM. Um, but this did get an 83 out of 100 critic score, which is really good. Uh, my, my favorite little heading, and I, I totally agreed with what this said, is from That Gaming Site. And this was published on October 14th of 2009. It says, don't pass this off as just another Sonic wannabe. Rocket Knight Adventures is one of the most entertaining, well-crafted Sega Genesis games around. If video games are all about having a good time, then this title succeeds in every way. So I thought that was a real cool wrap-up there. Mm. Um and as far as listeners go, we had an awful lot of uh, listener feedback on this one. Let me click my link here. That's the wrong link. I thought I was real organized for this one. Apparently I'm not. You, you know what? Just before you get to that, I'll fill some dead air here. Uh, EGM actually gave it 40 out of 50. Okay. Um, and it says GamePro, 16.5 out of 20, which is still very respect respectable. So I'd imagine that was... Four, four exploding heads out of five. Yeah. Uh, I must have not looked hard enough on there because I didn't see this. I'm looking at a Wikipedia. Uh, let's see. There were like three or four UK magazines that all gave them um, 91%. This was from Mean Machines. Mega Action, 94%. Mega Tech, 92%. Um, so, Player One, 97%. So, just looking here, I mean, it was either high 80s or, you know, low to, to mid 90s most of the time. So, really good. Really good scores. Absolutely. And uh, we did pose the question, you know, is this a gem to our Genesis Gems Facebook group? Make sure you go check that out at groups, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Genesis Gems. Um, the first one comes from Steven Patterson. It says, incredible soundtrack, one of the best soundtracks on the Mega Drive. Um one of the newer members, and I hope I don't totally slaughter the name. Just call him Stick. Stick. Uh, yeah, Stick. Carbia Yuan. Oh, okay. You, yeah, this guy. Okay. Uh, if if I said your name wrong, please correct me. I really don't mind. I will not be offended. I'm more worried about offending you. Anyways, uh, says <laughs> absolute gem all the way, and it completely trumps Buster's Hidden Treasure, considering both were made and released by the same company in the same year. It's real funny because. Um, Buster's Hidden Treasure in this game were up on our Genesis Gems poll for what we're going to play next. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Mark Super says, Jim, one of my favorite titles in the system. 
Uh, Blake Royal says, I've got a pretty high threshold on gymnasts, but Rocket Knight is probably a gym. It's a really well done and unique platformer. Uh, Joe Winter says, Jim, great platformer, and you get to play as an animal you never wanted to play as. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I actually absolutely agree on that one. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Murphy says, Jim, even though I'm not good at platformers. Uh, Yamar Lopez says, great game. The boss battles are awesome. Hopefully you don't fail hard in the cart stage. <laughs> um, v- Freddy Velasquez says, Jim, amazing fun game. Uh, Eric Gerbeck says, when playing this game, it's easy to imagine an alternate reality out there where Sparkster ended up in the same tier alongside Sonic, Mario, and Kirby when talking about great platform games and characters. Unfortunately, that never came to be. That doesn't change the fact that this is one of the finest platformers of the era and a great example of why 16-bit gaming has to be the golden age of video games. A true gem and a classic in every sense of the word. Man, that was well said, wasn't it? As I was, re- <laughs> no. as I was reading that, I just felt like smarter. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I felt like you were smarter too. Yeah, because and then not... it went away. It did, because I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marlon Papa shit. Am I saying that right? P O P. Oh, Marlon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's my buddy Marlon. Is that how, oh, is that how you say your last name, Mr. Marlon? Uh, let me let me see. I I, I just call him Urban Flow. Urban that's Flo? like his artist name. Yeah, uh, but Mar- Marlon. Uh, Popoche? Popoche? That's probably right. That T's probably silent. Marlon P says, excellent game. <laughs> um, Jim Jones says, Jim had some... Jim Jones says, Jim. <laughs> <That's a tough>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jim Jones says, Jim. Jim, 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 Jim. Jim Jones, Jim, had some good fun with this one and shoots up to the top 10 of my must-own list. Uh, Derek Fletchell says, definitely a Jim. Awesome graphics and music and enough varied gameplay to keep things fresh. The big rock'em sock'em robot battle always sticks in my head as a unique experience. Just a great game that still stands up today. Uh, Jonathan Grindstaff says, In the days before Konami descended into Pachinko Madness, uh, <laughs> Konami made some great games. This is one of them. I give this game 10 Ask Aaron's out of 10 furious reactions my girlfriend had when she finally turned her phone off silent and realized my ringtone was now Sega Boy. <laughs> 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 oh, Rob, Rob, Rob's now Love on the ringtones. That's great. <laughs> I'm not your boy, Toy. Sega boy. Right. <laughs> uh, Daniel Tolan says, Absolutely a gem. One of the best platformers on the system by quite a wide margin and a very original concept in general. My only complaint is the insane difficulty of the game at times, but the, pers- the, but the presentation, especially the soundtrack, more than makes up for it. Uh, having da- four difficulty levels helps. Exactly. It's funny, like, as you adjust them, you see all the continues and everything's changed. It's kind of depressing. But, uh, it is. <laughs> Hardest difficulty, no lives, no continues. Yeah, and other Konami games did too. I remember uh, playing Turtles in Time, same thing. You would change the difficulty, the the uh, continues and stuff changed. But anyways, Daniel Walker says, I just picked this up today. I've never played it, but I remember seeing the advertisement for it in a ton of the comic books I collected in the 90s. It's a Konami game, so I'm definitely optimistic. Really looking forward to the episode and a chance to play this. So that's really cool. I'm glad Daniel picked it up to kind of go along with the episode. It's nice to know. Some of our listeners are kind of playing along with us, so uh, big thanks for that, Daniel. And uh, the last one here is from Trevor Franklin. It says, absolutely a gem. It's one of the most exciting games I own, half because it just gets everything right and it's a blast to play, and half because it's a true classic that isn't super well-known. I don't think my co-host has even played this, so I've been excited for him to experience it for the first time. We'll have a tough act to follow after it gets the Jim Jim's treatment. Uh, it better get at least as much love as Chester Cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate those kind words, though, Trevor. That's uh, that's really kind of you to say. Your your podcast probably might uh, probably might you know 
like my grammar here. But uh, yeah, anyways, thanks, Trevor. But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps it up for our uh, our listener feedback, the professional feedback, and uh, here's the Genesis Gems feedback. And I am going to say this is a gem. I think everyone kind of got the idea that we we're going to call this a gem as the episode went on, but can't say enough for the gameplay. Uh, good grief, so much various things to do. Uh, you know, shoot them up stages where you're flying, you're in the water, you're, the boss battles are epic. Um, the, the level never ceases to kind of surprise you. You start a level with a boss battle or you, you, know, you, you got that lava level with the mirrors and the rock'em sock'em boss battle that I can't wait to do one day. Uh, can't say enough for this game. Music's to- top notch. Uh, presentation's top notch. Graphics. It's, it's a Konami game in, in the 16-bit era. So can't say enough. This is a gem in my book. And I'm going to go ahead and say it's a Jim Jones gem. Jim Jones gem. <laughs> Jim Jones gem. Uh, I'm going to say it's a gem as well. I'm going to have to agree with all the points you guys have made. It's it's a classic, and if you don't have it, go out and get it. Do it now. That's right. Just, just do it. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. How come everyone can do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression? That's like the only impression I can do. <laughs> and it sounds okay, you know. But, uh, Everyone can do a passable one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy a Sega Genesis now. <laughs> pull out your lunch money and just do it now. <laughs> I can sometimes pull off like a New York accent, but then other times it sounds awful. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we can just lay the gavel down right now and call this one a gym. Yeah. All right. So. uh Guys, we got a uh, <laughs> we got a very interesting game we're going to cover next show. Um, not even going to drop the music here because I doubt very many people are going to really get it from the get go. But uh, this game uh, in its Sega Genesis form is called Slaughter Sport, and the original game is called Tongue of the Fat Man. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my! And uh, just a Razor Soft game, right? It is a Razor Soft game. Well, it's a Razor Soft release, anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, the cover art looks pretty awesome for the Genesis version. The uh, cover art for the other versions looks pretty crazy. So you guys go play that with us if you can, uh, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to give it to me hints away, but this was kind of a random choice. I did a scroll through. I kind of wanted to get a lesser known game. Um, this game wasn't really widely known in my opinion. Uh, I've, I've asked a few people that played Genesis back in the day. They didn't really remember this one. So wanted to kind of do something a little different. So you guys play along with us. I know even Rob, Rob Luther, bought this game. So once he gets it, uh, <laughs> once he gets it in the mail, we're gonna let him out of the, out of the dungeon, let him back on the show. So uh, yeah, if you guys want to kind of keep up with that, go check us out on our Facebook or our website at genesisgems.com. <laughs> this is, I really stumbled on this one. Check us out on our website at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com/genesisgemspodcast. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com/group/genesisgems. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. Check us out on iTunes and on Stitcher and Google Play. And check us out on theretrojunkies.com as a part of our network. So uh, And leave yeah. us a review on iTunes. Yes, like. that would be awesome. We're almost <laughs> at 50, which would be really cool. You know, I, I don't always share about the podcast with people at work, but there's a co-worker of mine who was talking about podcasts, and I was kind of like, uh, I do a podcast. And uh, he he hasn't listened to it, but he was really impressed with our reviews. He went through and read them all. He's like, "Man, that's a lot of reviews and stuff." And of course, I'm like, "Yeah, we're not quite two dude status, but uh, we you know we're 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 pretty good. Fifty almost fifty reviews is really good. We really appreciate all those kind words. And uh, if you do enjoy this podcast, you know, remember it is free. We don't charge you anything, so we would ask that you uh, go give us a nice review. That uh, helps our uh, it just helps get the the word out there for us. So. 
Am I pleading for a review? Yes, I am. Am I guilting into? <laughs> am I guilting you into a review for listening to this great free podcast that we spend hours on every week? Yes, I am. So go give us a review at iTunes. Five star, if you want. Five star, <laughs> if you want. So, all right, you guys got anything else you want to add before we close this thing down? No, uh, just thank you guys for listening, and we look forward to talking about. Well, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It'll be fun regardless of uh, how we lay down the gavel on that game. That's right. If I even feel like picking the gavel up. But uh, anyways, <laughs> how about you, Landon? <laughs> you got anything you want to all hearts and minds? No, just, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> yes, yes, Pastor Stephen. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, just uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate y'all, you know, giving us feedback and letting us know what you think and uh just continue to listen and as uh, nick and aaron said you know we we like five star reviews um those who do get five star reviews will get favorable treatment eventually once we take over the world so just, right. just keep that in mind that's right <laughs> all right guys <laughs> full of that we will catch you all later later guys bye adios